Hello and welcome to the PTSD Academy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Williams. This is episode number 41, Protect Your Story. Today we're going to talk about protecting the intimate details of what happened to you. I say there are a few approaches and conditions that you'll run into where it just helps to think about this ahead of time. The first tip for you is to go categorical. That's what we do at the PTSD Academy. In other words, if you were a victim of domestic violence or there was a fire or a car accident, you might just say that. A car accident 10 years ago. Just a category and roughly a time frame. Really, no other information needs to be transferred uh, between people almost ever in the details of what happened to you, except if you're doing specific psychotherapy work on it and it's the actual day to discuss it. What tends to happen in modern healthcare, however, is... Uh, repeated traumas by having to tell people the story over and over again. Folks, you own the right to your story. Someone should earn the right to hear it. And you might have to say to a healthcare worker something like this. Hey, I've been the victim of multiple traumas in my life. The biggest was a car wreck about 10 years ago. I talk about the details of that with my therapist only. Can I please get my healthcare now? Or can I please get my whatever? Even as a psychiatrist that prescribes medications, in my role, at least technically legally, we're supposed to have responsibility over the supervision of what's happening with the psychotherapist, even though the psychotherapist might be a PhD or, or, and know more about the patient than you do, there's still this overlapping role of the general health care plan because it's not just the mental, psychological, and emotion part. You also have the physical body you have to work with and other parameters, other things that can look like mental health problems or diagnosis, but they turn out to be medical problems. It happens all the time. So I think that's for that reason they have the medical doctor who's been to medical school to supervise that overall care plan. My point is that even as the prescribing psychiatrist with some kind of legal responsibility for the overall care plan to supervise what's happening in psychotherapy, uh, I still don't ask the details, and I tell my patients that up front. Like, look, you have a therapist if it's if it's um, established already and it's going well. Uh, I leave that alone. Even if they're doing therapy that I don't necessarily agree with, I might say, hey, when you're done with that round and you take a break from it or whatever, consider this or that. I don't meddle in someone else's psychotherapy, nor should you. I think it's a boundary thing, and even as a prescribing psychiatrist, unless they're asking me for my opinion, which is rare, if they come to me and they already have a therapist that they like, uh, I'm just there for the meds, and I can be okay with that. I just do like to inform where I can. So go categorical if that would help. Another tip that you can have is to have a short version. Uh, might be similar to the principles of having an elevator speech in marketing or sales, but this is where if you have to tell a little bit more than, hey, it was a car wreck 10 years ago, what could you say? You know, it was a multiple victim pileup and there were deaths and I was around a lot of trauma that day. So that's a little bit more. And I won't go into further examples in your story. But different people don't need to hear that, that uh, the people in the accident might have been related to you. You know, you don't have to say that the car wreck involved the death of family members to everyone that you meet. You might be talking to an insurance company or a nurse doing a check-in at a healthcare facility, filling out forms on job applications, 
Protect your story. It's no one's business unless they're there to help you with it. Because remember, talking about it, stirring it up without a resolution, whether you're talking about mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional, like the release of an energy through a modality or something, if you're not going to do something with it, then you're just picking the wound and you could argue just going to make things worse. You're going to upset yourself at least for a few nights um, in, in that. Is a loan worth uh, how much? Oh, that's right. This podcast is free. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you can live with that. So limit oversharing. That's the next thing. When you do have to tell the story, you might limit oversharing because even when you're dealing with a therapist, they want to know the details of the trauma to extent that they're going to do something with it. You're not going to spend uh, hours and hours and pages and pages talking about five seconds worth of your life when there's a much bigger picture going on, right? They're going to focus you on only the areas where maybe you're stuck, such as shame, guilt, lack of trust, the stuck points with cognitive therapy, they can really hold you back. Or what happens to the rest of people who could probably teach some of the cognitive classes, right? Is that you have the body feeling in the return of the anxiety, the energy, as if it's a flashback, but it's a it's more of a body flashback. And then your mind uh, has a choice what to do with it. And psychotherapy tries to help to guide you in how to think about body stuff, but uh, Western psychology is very, very weak on somatic uh, disorders like PTSD. Okay, and the last one I've got for you today is on medical disclosures. So sometimes when you're doing job applications or for licenses and such, even in my profession, in other places, you ask questions like, do you do drugs or alcohol? Do you have some kind of condition that would limit you physically, mentally, or 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 do you need accommodations? Something along those lines. And you have some protections. You can ask an attorney. I'm not an attorney. I'm just trying to say that you you would already know not to put in your trauma story in a place like that, right? Of course. But if you'll spend a few minutes, like I have given in the other examples, thinking about a version of the story that you could put there, Save all these different written versions where you have to put them on applications and keep them on a computer or backed up somewhere. It's sort of the PR spin or it's the public story. Because keep in mind, we have different circles of trust. When if you don't have any boundaries, just talking about trauma is a scary thing because you don't know how to say, no, I don't want to talk about that. No, I don't want to go that far in my thoughts. I don't want to lose sleep and have nightmares just because I told some guy at a McDonald's what happened to me when I was a kid. If it's not going to change his life, it's not worth me losing sleep over it. So find some guidelines, find a short story, and consider uh, almost like you would a resume or cover letter for a job interview, You know, keeping a copy of, of some of that language that you would have there so that let's say a year from now you need it again and you're having a great day and you're balanced physically, mental, spiritual, emotional. And you have to do a job application that's going to cause that to come up again, like, say, a car wreck, you know, on the job. Happens a lot. And you have to fill it out. But maybe it was a trauma, too. And you had work versus comp for PTSD. I've seen stuff like that, you know. But you're going to have to have a public version of that story. So don't give away all of your power and energy by someone that's asking more of a superficial question. I think that's my point. You guys take care. This has been episode 41 at ptsdacademy.com.